right, everybody. Like I said, today on Thursday, May 27th, 2021, I was going to um, do another little um, little podcast for y'all. So thank y'all for even taking the time to even listen to um, what I'm really passionate about. Been doing this for uh, many years now, um, and so I think last time we said we would talk about um, some commodities, talk about some real estate, um, but mainly commodities because something is really, really going on with commodities. I mean, I, I know like the normal, like day to day people might not notice it, but I see it. <laughs> for example, um, yesterday for dinner, I had got some chicken wings from a restaurant called Pluckers here in uh, Austin, Texas. And, you know, me and my wife, you know, we would go there quite often. And before all this Rona stuff hit, and, um, so we decided to do a curbside order and we got a 10 wing combo and for 10 wings and some fries it was $16 and uh, that's <clears throat> that's four more dollars than what we were used to paying um, and I noticed that I was like $16 I was like what the and this combo it doesn't even come with a drink it's just the the, uh, the fries and the wings and it was <clears throat> so from twelve dollars to sixteen dollars. So I mean that's literally like a thirty, thirty over thirty thirty three percent increase. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that's actually really a really big increase. And you may look at it in dollar terms, man. I think it's bunch, but if you look start looking at more stuff in percentage terms, stuff is going up, um, and so I mean that, and obviously that train just doesn't stop there, right? It's, it's, it's there's quite a few things going on. Um, you can look at like even like steel prices right now. Um, so let's see, I use a platform called TradingView. So if you go into the symbol search and you type in like steel, and then you click only on the futures button, that way it'll only pull up the futures. There's one. That's called HRC. That's the symbol for it. And it's U.S. Midwest Domestic Hot Rolled Coil Steel Index Futures. You click that. And then you click the first one, the continuous ones. And it's kind of hard to see it. Like on a one hour or four hour. Um, It's better to go like on a daily. But if you pull up on a weekly chart. Oh my God. So. Let's see. So at... August 14th was the low and that was at 452 so this was August 14th of 2020 it was at 452 prices are now at $1600 so in less than a year it has literally one two tripled okay um, I mean I don't have the chart I'm looking at only goes back to 2009, um, but 
I mean, just in that short, like, literally, who is buying this much steel? Like, why is the steel market getting cornered in this way? Is there actually really, like, hot rolled coil steel? Like, is there really that much infrastructure going on? Like, um, uh, like the, the rebar? Like, what is, what is all this being purchased for, right? Is it being used? I mean... Who, who knows what all that stuff goes into, right? As far as I know, it's um, it goes into any cement stuff to uh, or any type of reinforcing of something. Okay, so I don't know what why this is going uh, up the way it is and the steel prices. I mean, who knows? Um, I know I don't know. <laughs> but all I can do is look at a chart and I uh, can see something's going on. Right, um, so I mean the the charts are literally the artwork of uh, purchases, uh, people's opinions, and uh, you can really see where uh, stuff could be headed by um, by obviously by price. Price is truth, right? Whether if it's manipulated or not, it's that's where price is at. You're gonna have to pay for it or not, right? If you want it. You're going to pay for it. If you don't want it because the price is too high, you're not going to pay for it, right? Um, so uh, I'm going to go ahead and... So that's kind of the first thing I did want to start off with because that's crazy. And the next big things that are uh, also going to bunches, uh, corn futures. Corn futures aren't really as high as like what lumber has been doing. Or what, like I told you, just about the uh, those steel prices, those coil, coil rolled steel prices. Um, but the corn futures are getting up to like the 2012 highs. It's getting close up there now. Um, let's see what else. I'm looking at lumber. Lumber's had somewhat of a pullback, but man, this <clears throat> this this show is not over. With, with without a chance, I think we may go back a little bit more, or probably build onto some type of uh, pattern here because I mean it's gone up so much so fast. Really, too, with those the uh, those roll coiled still. I mean, there has to be some type of pullback eventually, right? Uh, something, something has to. Something has to like be some type of pullback. You know, these prices they don't go just straight up, right? And really, uh, like even you can look at the lumber charts, right? It's not going up a whole bunch. Um, looking at natural gas, I mean natural gas, man, that one's this uh, is a stickler. I will. Uh, I mean, if you look at the chart, oh my god! But that doesn't mean just because it's doing what it's doing now. That doesn't mean that um, it's going to keep doing that forever, right? Just chopping around, lots of overlapping and stuff. Um, I mean, natural gas prices, I mean, they seem pretty much, um, let's see, I'm trying to look for any pattern that's occurring, looking at the charts. Um, So I really don't see, I was looking at like when the winter time starts, to see how that plays out but really like 
I'm looking at like in 2008 from September, October, November. So it's starting to get uh, colder. So let's just say October time, right? That's when it's autumn time. Starts to get a little chilly outside. I mean, prices were going down. Here we are in, in, I'm talking about like in 09, right? Um, So just in January and February, prices were still going down. And then (laughs) the summertime, it kind of goes sideways and actually goes up. Price goes up a little bit. And then we get into November of 2009. And then prices start, let's see, keeps going down. And then October time of 2011, prices go down. Now, in April 2012, and so in April 2012, prices bottom out. And then you get a pretty good move up until March of 2014. So, like, you would think that natural gas, when the colder seasons come around, um, you think there would be some type of, of difference because people would be using more gas to stay warmer and all that. That's like something else you gotta like think about. Look for these patterns and these commodities and stuff. Which I'm I'm still fairly new looking at these commodities. Um, I'm looking for like these types of like um, little patterns that are like that play themselves out and like we're trying to see if there's any like uh, the the uh, these cycles or the seasons. But if you can, so that like the with natural gas, that literally tells me that the seasonality really doesn't matter. Um, even though you would think that uh, people would be trying to stay warmer in the winter time, that prices would actually be going up. But that looks like that's not the case. Okay, so let's move on from that. Um. So I'm looking at like the soybean uh, futures. I think already, yeah, already talked about soybean. Oh no, that was corn. Um, so soybeans actually, is, I mean, doing the same thing, spiking up. Um, you know, with the soybean chart, I actually like the way the, the soybean chart looks um, compared to the corn charts. So, I mean, the patterns being played out on the soybeans are actually looking really good. Um, I mean, they look good, right? If you're playing the futures markets, right? But, I mean, if you, whoever's going to be paying these uh, prices for uh, soybeans, I mean, just over the next, you know, five or ten years, um, it's going to be pretty pricey. Uh, I, you know, I, I really wouldn't be surprised to see a pullback in the soybean futures and um, it's just, <clears throat> you know, it's, it's time for some type of consolidation, um, some type of bigger consolidation. Because I mean, I'm on the weekly chart, just looking at it, it's just going straight up. Um, so I mean, there's there has been a lot of um, Chinese, uh, like there's been a lot of articles out there that the Chinese have been buying up a bunch of of soybeans and. Uh, stock basically start stocking up on it right which is in line with what we're seeing right um so really we don't know if 
this is if this is just the Chinese making all this purchase, right? I mean, they, they who I mean who knows who who else is buying this and what other countries? But as far as we know, it's been a lot of the uh, the Asia side of the world. Okay, so looking at orange juice as well. Um, I mean, orange juice. I mean, I'm not. I really don't know about the chart on this one. Um, it looks interesting, but I mean, people obviously they spend more time um, with they use a lot more money buying like corn products. Um, and you got to think about it too. It's not just a consumer is buying corn. It's all these uh, bigger companies for like feed for the animals too. Um, so like back with the orange juice and stuff, uh, I mean, who really drinks the orange juice, right? It's more of humans and, and uh, but I, I still believe orange juice prices are still, or for the frozen orange juice, whatever, orange juice prices are still going to be going up. Um, it's obviously all these commodity prices are going to be dragged up. Um, I think by a few things. Uh, I don't necessarily, for the longest time, I was always thinking that um, the dollar was going to um, collapse. But, um, so this wasn't fully my idea. I was already thinking that because of how much money they were printing. But then someone pointed out to me that, you know, the only thing that could really happen to the dollar is that it it loses its reserve status because so many of all these governments are they're all printing money together. They're all printing as much money as they can together at the same time. And so it, you really don't see the loss of purchasing power against other current countries and currency with the, more of the domestic countries. And so you, you really don't see that. It's like if you go to purchase the, uh, the Japanese yen, you know, you'll get 100 yen for $1.00. Right, and it's kind of staying around in that range, um, you know, maybe 10, 20 yen, you know, up and down as of right now. And so it's kind of staying that way because they're all printing money at the same time. So you're not seeing any major uh, devaluation of one currency against against another because the yen, I mean, the Japan, the euro, uh, um, the Great Britain. You know, they're, they're all, um, I don't want to say printing, you know, because they're really, they're all going away from printing, but they're all just digitally making up this imaginary money and, uh, and using it, right? And it's the example I try to give people on what like supply and demand is, is that, I mean, there's nothing wrong. I'm not, I'm not trying to like go against any type of like car or anything like that. I'm just trying to give an example, like, with like a, a Toyota uh, Camry. Like why are Toyota Camry's prices so so low or so reasonable is because they've made so many of them, right? And they're long lasting cars. Yeah, but there's, there's, I'm sure there's millions of them out there in the world, right? Well, as far as like a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or something like that, you know, um, sure, they're 
I'm, I'm sure some people will disagree with me that they're not quality cars, but, um, but just for an example, as them being labeled as a luxury car, that there's so few of them and there's all, all this hand stitching and all this, um, uh, time to make it look so sporty and exotic right? And because there's so few of them and then they cost, um, you know, you, it would literally, you can use one Ferrari, one Lamborghini can buy you, you know, uh, 10 Camrys, right? Um, so just, that's just kind of an example. And so, well, as far as like with like supply and demand, you know, because with the currencies, I'm trying to compare that to the cars is that if you keep creating more and more and more um, dollars, it's going to be like the Camrys when some of the whoever country isn't printing as much money, they have a strong balance sheet or whatever, right? Or even like a company, right? Um, they're, they're, they would be more higher quality. And so by all these countries doing this, they're literally weakening the their currency and eventually people are going to start figuring this stuff out like historically people have figured this stuff out that um, there's going to come a point in time where people are no longer going to be they're going to be getting rid of their dollars just as fast as they get them right so and that's going to create money velocity and that's when the money velocity starts amplifying because of this because you know you get paid in a currency and then by the end of the day your currency is less well your purchasing power is so much uh, less Um, why would you want to hold on to something like that right and so I'm not sure if that's what's um, affecting the commodity markets or if it's just pure real purchases because so much of the stuff we look at on charts is based against in some dollar term form, right? So, um, so now back to like orange juice. Um, I don't think there's will be as big of a demand for this. I'm sure prices will go up, like I said, but I will see on that. Um, wheat prices, same thing. I'm almost literally the same setup as all these other ones. Um, Let's see, soybean oil futures just taking off like a freaking rocket ship too. So in March, they were at $25. Now it's up to $63. Um, let's see, same thing with lean, lean hog futures. Uh, that's probably going to do the same thing. Um, looking at live cattle futures. Um, it's not going up at the rate as like lean hogs. Um, actually, it's starting. Prices are going down on that one, but uh, you know, I, I really would not be surprised if it does the same thing. Uh, not at all, not one bit. So the price will be going up on that, and then I think one of the things that people are going to, one of the hardest things that people are going to have a time, hardest time breaking away from is coffee. I think coffee is. Um, going to be one of those things too that goes up significantly with um, like 
how the soy meal and um, the wheat, the corn, they're all going up. Coffee isn't hasn't taken off yet like like they have. Um, but you know, like some for some people, it's just like when they wake up in the morning, right? It's just it's something that just can make their day, something that will make them feel good, right? You don't have, people really don't have to eat a lot of meat um, to start their day, right? But a lot of people, they need coffee to start their day, make them feel good to get that little bit of jolt of energy to get their day started, right? So that's something that people, you know, they they will need that more than they're going to need um, excessive amounts of meat, right? They, they will... I mean, coffee is just such a social thing. Like, I don't know what the future is going to be like. Um, Obviously, I don't know, 100%. But there's definitely going to be this this gathering of people coming together. uh, More people spending time together. Like, around, like, a campfire. And, uh, you know, what are people going to have more than anything? Especially with... Um, the millennials it's it's millennials thing is coffee that's like their thing and um, so I I really see that being kind of like the social thing is coffee and for people to come together because stuff's gonna be I think stuff's gonna be pretty crazy and this this will create um, like a community environment like I said before like with the uh, uh, like the campfire, people coming around. I, I really think that people are going to be doing more stuff outdoors because doing stuff indoors is going to be too much. Um, and I'm, I'm not trying to have or put anybody in any type of like scarcity mindset of any any type. Um, all I'm saying is food prices are going to be um, a lot in the future. And the best thing to do is just go ahead and try and like it, it doesn't matter if you're if you're against food prices being higher or not or you think that oh this is the government trying to do this I mean whether it's them or it's not or if it's real demand or if it's crop failures or whatever it is right just be in front of it catch catch it so that way you can ride that wave up and you can make more um, uh, as these prices go up, you know, you're, you're creating income for your family to provide, to provide for them. Right. And so you're still going to need money to purchase goods and services. So as the food prices are going up, this gives you a chance to increase your, your, uh, purchasing power for that. Right. So versus keeping your money in the bank account and you know like I said <laughs> collecting 0.01% like how is that how is that going to help you and it, it, it's it's really not and actually it's going to be uh, I'm not too sure about the banking industry um, like how how they're going to evolve like there's still there's a very good chance they'll still still be around, right? Um, 
but how, how are they going to evolve with the crypto industry? Um, so now as far as like real estate and stuff, I'm, I'm not too sure. I, so prices are up quite a bit all around the country, right? And I wonder if, if food prices start going up, right? That's going to affect people's purchasing power, right? So if food goes up 100%, right? Like people are going to not be spending their money in other places. Like you still, ha- you need food to eat, right? You can cut out Netflix. You can cut out um, all these miscellaneous things that we use on a daily. Like I have Pandora. I love Pandora. Um, and I, I pay for a monthly subscription, right? But that's something I want, not that I need. People need food. Um, so... I do feel like that if these food prices go up, it's going to be, it's going to be like this weird, like domino effect of, of things. So food prices go up, you're not going to want to spend as much. And the, and it's not just going to be food prices stuff going up. It's going to be all your daily goods are going to be going up. So now people are over leveraging, over leveraging themselves, purchasing, um, some of these houses, right? And now it's going to be, okay, well, I still have, you know, let's say someone says they have three or $400, even after they pay all their bills and stuff. Well, now imagine if food prices go up 100%, right? Uh, people are going to be going out to eat as much. Uh, people are going to be doing a lot more cooking at home. Um, and then people may just be trying to sell their house to go out and just um, get rid of it because like, man, maybe this is too much for me at this, at this point in time in my life. Um, so there's like a lot of things that can, that can really happen. And this is, um, this is something interesting. And also to uh, bashing Biden a little bit here, you know, he's me raising taxes. So I mean, you're like going to have this, this crazy, crazy amounts of stuff that's going to be um, dominoing. You have Biden when to increase taxes. You have um, the dollar is weakening, right? And you're going to have food prices going to be off the charts. Um, you're going to, you have home prices that are already off the charts. Um <clears throat> And let's see here. Biden wants to shut down a lot of these um, ma- these coal manufacturing plants. Well, not manufacturing, but these coal mining, uh, a lot of these coal plants that power energy. Um, and he's pushing real big for a lot more green things. But uh, you know, the green thing—it's a great idea. And I, I think people really need to look into um, how much coal is needed to get, you know, so much silica from out of the ground. Because the silica, the nat- Earth's natural crust has silica in it, but it has to be separated from, it needs to be uh, 
they need to use a um, what do you call it a, a bell seamer I think what is what it's called a, a bell seamer where they put it the uh, materials in this big giant looking pot right and they get it really really hot like over like 2,000 degrees to get it towards like molt, molten the earth was literally like molting lava and then but then as that happens it's like it starts separating itself out right the lighter stuff goes up floats up higher and the heavier stuff goes the it's, it's like if you would were to put like um oil inside of water and you shook it up really hard you couldn't tell until after it settles out well it's kind of like this the same thing except you're getting real hot and then you can start seeing the separation start happening and that's how they get the silica but they use huge huge amounts of coal to do that and literally so for the so for to produce a small amount of silica they're putting just as much co2 in the air to produce the silica because that's what they want and it, it like i'm saying it's great it's a great idea they want to go this way but they we need to have better advances and advancements in this technology to uh before we start pushing for this green deal we need to get away from having to burn so much coal look into it look just look into it it is so much coal being burned um large amounts of it and it's, it's literally the best way they have clean they, they say they call it clean coal right but i mean it, it's still giving off a lot of uh co2 and to get the amount of silica they want to keep producing all these microchips i mean and there's this chip shortage already and i just saw that they're going to have to uh, some companies having to build multiple um they call them fabs they're fabrication it's like a fab a fabrication place slash laboratory so they call it a fab and um F- and it's fab and um that's basically where they you know produce the microchips and so having to build more of these things i don't know if if any of y'all have ever been in one but i've worked in the semiconductor um for many years um, let's see maybe four or five years i worked in the semiconductor industry and um it is a, it is a sight to see how how all that stuff works and um it is crazy that's all i can say and um so people don't understand the processes that have to be done in order to um to get this green deal uh, going um and so the other thing too is like i mean they're trying to like um what do you call it? push for so many more solar panels too like the solar panels that's i mean that requires silica as well but you gotta think about too uh, if <clears throat> now i'm just telling you all this stuff um, because this is information that I've read about, right? And it's it's all online for you to look at as well. You can find it. But I believe it's over... <laughs> they only need to build like over 500 million more solar panels. I believe that's what the number... This was like over a year ago. Um, and it was a, an insane amount of solar panels. Insane amount. And 
you gotta look at the um, what's one of the metals that's used in solar panels it's silver so that's kind of like another commodity that is right now I don't think people are recognizing it but like I mean there's this big push for this green thing right this is another thing for you to be able to jump ahead of um, so there's actually you can do this the silver in the um, solar panels and then you can do the uranium market so uranium's more greener um, it's it's once they get it started it's smooth going but um, they can't have any hiccups here or there but I mean you gotta look too like how many actual uranium accidents have there been over the past um, let's just say 80 years I think there's you know there's been maybe as many <clears throat> on my hand and then look how many explosions have happened through the um, through the gas or oil, the refineries and stuff. Look how many explosions happened with that throughout the world over the past 50 years. Okay, so, but now when uranium, when it goes bad, it goes bad. But that's why, you know, they're, they're, I feel like they've, ever since uh, 2012, when the, um, what was it? There was a real bad earthquake and it caused a tsunami to go in. It was the Fukushima. I think it was, yeah, the Fukushima um, incident. You know, it's another incident where they learned from it. Okay. So, um, so back to real estate, housing prices. There'll probably be a pullback or some sideways movement before we go up again. But I believe all of commodities... Anything that's in dollar terms is going to go up in value. Um, if if there's anything that that I, mean, I really can't can't think of of anything off the top of my head that would would not go up. Um, anything that people can get their dollars out of, I think, is what people's going people are going to try and buy. Food, um, even cars. Uh, I mean, literally everything. Um, so, all right, y'all. I said um, I would talk about commodities. I would talk about real estate. Um, so I, I don't know what we'll talk about tomorrow, but I'll come up with something. I'll figure something out. Um, so I'm just looking at the crypto charts right now. They're still pulling back. Um, yeah, if y'all want to follow, check me out on Twitter. Um, it's just my millennial investor. You can find me. Um, you can also find me on WordPress. I don't have the .com on WordPress, so it's just uh, mymillennialinvestor.wordpress.com. You can check me out there. Um, so I'm posting there. I'm obviously doing these vlogs here, uh, all these these uh, podcasts. Um, so all right, y'all, we'll just uh, be keeping a lookout. Thank y'all for you know listening to me rambling on, uh, going on and on and on. So <laughs> looks like we're easily in at 35 minutes of this now. Um, just it's, it's good to get these thoughts out there. I'm glad I can share my thoughts um, of what I, you know what? We'll talk about what the future of stuff could potentially be like. And um, we'll talk more about some, some interesting things about technology and more about silver tomorrow let's do that okay all right y'all well thank y'all for 
listening. This is My Millennial Investor. Peace out. Thank you.